I am here today with Claudia Phillips. I'm so excited for this conversation. I've been binging all of her content nonstop. And it's incredible. Um, Claudia is a somatic love coach for women. So she works with women who are already in a relationship or are looking to call in a partnership. I'm so happy to have you here, Claudia. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, it's so wonderful to be here with you, Sarah. And I'm just so grateful that we get to have the conversation that we're going to have because I think it's so it's so important for these times we live in. Yes, I could not agree more. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I'd love to hear a little bit about your background and how you got into the work that you do now. Of course, yeah. So um, yeah, I was raised in a very kind of progressive-minded family. So I was raised by a, you know, a, a radical feminist um, in San Francisco who was married to a professor. So you can imagine like the kind of environment that was. Um, there was no, there were like, of course, like when I'm grateful my family stayed together. So like they were married basically until my father passed um, just over a decade ago. So I had that beautiful modeling of, you know, parents that do stay together. But what I noticed was missing was like, there wasn't a real sense of like mom and dad or like feminine and masculine. And so, so much of my journey over the last decade plus has been about returning to my feminine, deepening into what that means for me, and then coming into deeper and deeper union with my partner and now my husband, because when we met, we didn't have any idea about this like polarity stuff. We didn't really, we're just like, okay, we like each other. We're gonna be good friends, you know, friends with benefits. Maybe we get into relationship, but we didn't actually have any of the skills or the tools that I know now to like have that beautiful dance, that co-creative dance of the masculine and feminine, which I really feel like keeps people together. It keeps things dynamic. It keeps us in that union. And so I have just, loved going on this journey of discovering how to embody that for myself and then also for my clients. That is so, so beautiful. Yeah, and there's obviously a lot, there's a lot of like twists and turns there, but that's, yeah. I would say. What was it like the first time you came across this information, like the masculine and feminine energetics? Were you like, where has this been all my life? Or what was it like for you? Yeah, I mean, it's really fascinating because in some ways it intuitively made sense. Like I felt like there was kind of, actually I would say I was, the first time I really encountered it, like really encountered it, I was reading a book that's a little bit old school and it's a little bit like more conservative or even more traditional than I would go myself or like encourage people to go to, but it was this book called Fascinating Womanhood and it's it's from like the 1960s. Have you, do you know about this book? Yes, I read that book. It's so, okay. I loved it. It's very, it's very old fashioned, but like in a kind of a sweet way. It's so sweet. And there's so much juice there and there's so much like richness there. And I was in, I was actually at that time, I was traveling around Europe with my husband and I was actually reading that book on my Kindle and sitting at a hair salon in Granada, Spain. And then like, <laughs> there was like this sensation in my body of like activation and turn on and like, like sigh of relief. Oh my God, I get to have this. Like there was this deep recognition, like this is what, this is what I've been searching for. And then part of me, like my ego wanted to just throw it across the room and be like, screw this. This is not what I taught, you know, what I was taught. This is not who I want to be. And there was just this real fight that began to take place within me of like, I want this. I want this union. I want this polarity. I want this like, it feels like water, you know, like finally coming to like my parched system of feeling like being in this other mode that was not that for most of my life. It was just this like deep exhale. But then like my brain, my nervous system, my ego, my patterning was like, hell no. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to subjugate myself in this way. I'm not going to submit to a man. I'm not going to, you know, and it was like this conflict, which has been a lot of this process for me of deepening into this polarity work is like just working the bugs out of that, like that, like the defiance and the rebellion and the like, no, you know, like that part of me, that's like, hell no, I won't do that. And yet list like trusting the deeper 
intuitive part of me, trusting my heart, trusting my womb, trusting that exhale, that deeper wisdom that like, yes, this is this thing that I am a yes to. And yes, there are certain things about that book that are dated probably, and that I don't fully embrace, but there's so much there that there is that I think we can learn from. If we just get our egos and we get our minds out of the way. And I think women would be so relieved if, if they did. It's interesting because we're so programmed to be independent and we don't yes. need a man and it, it's weakness to need a man. And I, it's very interesting because when you talk to women who are in really beautiful relationships, there yes. is polarity and there is a dynamic yes. of submission and um, trusting the masculine to provide and protect and having yes. very distinct roles. It creates beautiful, lifelong, satisfying relationships. And the lifelong, way, yeah, lifelong thing is the, yeah, the peace. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's sustainable. And yes. then people who are in other relationships where there's a constant power struggle aren't happy, but the, sh the shift that they have to make to allow themselves to get to the place where they are open to hearing that there's another way is massive. Yes. It's like a total reprogramming almost. It's like an ego death too. Yeah. It's like every, and for me, it's been a continuous ego death of like, do I really want this? Yes, I do. Do I really want, and, and it's like letting those parts of me die over and over again, because since my patterning, my programming was so much like women, like you said, women have to be independent. We have to make a way for ourselves. We have to, you know, own our own, like, we have to be self-sufficient. Like my money is my money. Your money is your money. There's no like coming together in that. Um, it was very challenging to me. So I think it's, I think many women were raised with this conditioning or they're kind of stewing in the current stew that we're all stewing in right now, which is like exactly that. And I think we're starting to see some um, momentum in the other direction, like faint hints of it, but it's still very, it's still like not very mainstream. Let's just say it's counterculture. Very counterculture, yeah. yeah. Um, so I love in your post where you, the one that is pinned to your profile, you oh, yes. content, but you speak to how powerful women are in their relationship dynamic. And I'd like to just dive into that a little bit, because I think that recognizing our power, it's not the power of having the final say or being in charge, but it's the power of influence, which in some ways is even more powerful. Exactly. Yes. 100%. So do you want me to like, just dive into that power of influence? Yeah, I would love for you to talk, just speak to the power that we do have and what that looks like. Yes. Yes. I would love to do that. So, so we think about power as like a power over thing, right? It's like, I'm in charge, like you said, or I'm in control or I'm in the driver's seat. We think about that as being power and that's a certain type of power that's masculine power right and that's beautiful like thank god there are people who like having that type of map power personally for me it exhausts me if I have to be in that space too long and I'm like let me get back into my power so feminine power is soft power feminine power comes through the subtle realms there's a really really great line and I don't know if you've seen this movie but it's one of my I feel like it, it, it's one of the best descriptions of this kind of power with versus power over. It's from the movie, My Big Fat Greek Wedding. And she says like, have you seen it? Yes. Yeah, so the mother says to like the, the woman who's getting married, she's like, you know, the man is the head of the household, but the woman is the neck. And I was like, that's so true because we have, uh, yeah, and then and I think she says like the neck and, and we can change we can move the head, you know, in the direction that we want to go or whatever. And I think it's so true because we have, that is the power of influence. Mm -hmm. That is the power of being like, Hey, this is how I'm feeling. This is the tone that I'm setting. This is the atmosphere that I'm creating through 
lots of different things. So we can talk about that, like, but they're more energetic factors versus external factors, if that makes sense. It absolutely makes sense. The more that I surrender in my own relationship, um, even just on little things like um, my dog passed away right before Christmas. It was heartbreaking. And I was like, we're not getting another dog for a long time. But then I started to feel really lonely without having an animal. And like, I really wanted to, and I was ready and he wasn't yet. And I could have just put my foot down and been like, no, we're getting a dog. I want a dog. Yeah. Perfectly capable, but I yielded to him and let it be his thing when he was ready and he completely took charge of the entire situation, found a breeder, found our dog. And it, it's just been this very positive bonding experience for both him and I, and I think with our puppy, because it was his choice. And then yes. he, and he knew that I wanted it. It was my desire. And then it was his decision. And then he provided it. And I think that. Yes. Beautiful. Beautiful. Right. And it's the more that I yield and the more that I, um, let him let my desires be known, but then let him take it from there. That's it. Yeah. Yes. That's, that is so, I love that description you just said. So like in my experience, like desire is such, it's, it's one of those ways in which we, we influence through the subtle, the subtle realms, but then we surrender it over. Right. So like desire and surrender are two of the things that like, when we share our desires from that space of like, I don't really have any expectations here, but I'm just going to like share what it is that I want. And then I'm just going to give it over you and trust that like yield to you, like trusting that you love me and you want to make me happy, but I don't have to control you. I don't have to like take the steering wheel from you and like drive the car and like decide when this is going to happen and like put your foot down, like you said, but it's more like, I trust that you want to provide for me. You want to make me happy, but it's also, there's a, there's a timing here. Right. And the masculine is in my kind of lens, the masculine is like the timing of things. We're more like the, the desire. And then we surrender the desire over. And then the desire comes in, in perfect right timing, according to him, according to like his timing. So there is that dance, um, that you described so beautifully with your, your puppy, uh, situation. (laughs) So one of the things that blew my mind and I think I read on your profile that you studied under Mama Gina, the school. Of yes, Mama. I did. Okay, yes. So I was reading her book. I think it was like 2016. And I was just starting to get into masculine and feminine energy and reading like her and Alison Armstrong. Yes. And she said, and this is something that absolutely blew my mind is that men want to make us happy. <laughs> men want to give us what we want. And I think yes. that's, that's so simple, but that is the most massive shift because we don't think that they do. And so why would we trust or yield to somebody that doesn't want to make us happy or care what we want? Or I think just having that as a foundation is a huge shift because you would be wise to yield to somebody who is doing everything in his power to make your dreams come true. Yes. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And it's so true. I mean, like the whole, it's kind of a cliche, but like the, the saying like happy wife, happy life, like it's so true. Like they care that much about our happiness. They care about fulfilling our desires. They care about taking care of us, but usually we are not ready to receive that because something either we have an experience from our past that sort of indicated otherwise, or we're cock blocking ourselves and we're not, we're just not receiving it. We're being like, no, I'm going to do it myself. I don't need you. I'm going to like, kind of like, like you said, put my foot down. I'm going to do it for myself um, because you don't want to make me happy or whatever. We have some belief there, but we're not giving him an opportunity. It's like, we're taking the opportunity away from him and we're putting it into our own hands. And I think that can feel empowering like initially, but then it gets exhausting because it's like, we're always just, you know, like we want to receive something from him. If we're in a partnership, probably we want to get our desires met. We want to get our needs met. We want to be provided for, but if it's not happening immediately, it's like, there's an impatience and there's like a, a fear that it's not going to happen. So we're like, I'm just going to take matters in my own hands. And then it can kind of 
break the connection. It can break the union. It can break the intimacy. It can break that trust. And it can just kind of feed into our story of like, oh, he doesn't love me. I have to do everything for myself. And then a lot of the time what we do is like, we push him away and then we go away. And then it's like, oh, that's over. <laughs> Relationship's over. I'm going to go do the same thing with someone else now. Exactly. I'm going to go and find a new partner and then I'm going to repeat the same exact dynamic that. Yeah. And then what's wrong with men? Yep. And then what's wrong with men and then toxic masculinity and patriarchy is bad and all these things. Mm -hmm. And there's a kernel of truth in all of those things, but it's not the full truth. Absolutely. Yeah. And that gets thrown around so much now of like everything that's wrong with society is because of men and the patriarchy. And it's not yeah. even when they say toxic masculinity, they aren't even saying that some masculinity is toxic. They're saying that masculinity is toxic. Equals toxic. Yes. And that could yeah. not be further from the truth. So damaging. It's, it's so messed up. It's so, it's tragic. It's like, I had a cry about this earlier today. Cause I was just like, like <laughs> seeing the state of the state of affairs. Cause it's like, sometimes I look out there in the world, I've got my own little bubble here where things are great. And then I look out there and I'm like, wow, it's just a, it's a, whew, it's, there's a lot. And it, it's just, it affects me cause it's so sad, but it's, you know, hopefully we can do, do this work and enough of us, like you, you know, you, Sarah, like, you know, bringing this message to the world, I think it's so important and so needed. And so <clears throat> time, time appropriate. Sorry, I'm just choking up a little bit, but <clears throat> yes, I'm feeling a little emotional today. I, this is not like, um, I usually am a little bit more like on top of it, but yeah, I feel like I just feel tender about these, these times we live in and, and the state of men and women because no one's getting their needs met and no one's it this is not the way that things are right now it's not creating a dynamic where anyone's happy it's heartbreaking exactly it's it's devastating it's so sad and then it's like women dig their heels in more and then they get in groups of other women who are digging their heels in and then it's like we as women we tend to be very you know, we, we bond together with other women and that's a beautiful quality about women is that we bond in sisterhood, but there can be a shadow side to that. Is that like, I've been in so many communities of women where the sole like bond that existed in that, in that community was like trashing men and bashing males. and was like, mm -hmm. wow, mm -hmm. that is so sad. I, um, I have a client who shared with me once that when she's in groups of women where everyone, she has an amazing relationship and she loves her husband, but she'll be in groups of women where everyone's husband bashing and she'll almost feel <laughs> obligation to come up with something, even if she has to make it up that she doesn't like about her husband. <laughs> so to like fit in. Yeah. To be part of the group. Yeah. To belong. It's, it's one of those fundamental human needs is to belong. And it's like, we, you know, especially as women, we're very collective creatures. And yet this is a huge thing that I'm seeing. It's like, we have to be able to find communities of women that are celebrating men and celebrating having healthy relationships and marriages and all the things and um, not be ashamed of that. That's so important. That's why we're having these kind of conversations right here. <laughs> exactly. I'm so, I know this is, I live for this work for this reason. Thank you. Uh, okay. So my next question is you talk about women in your world, unwinding from the hustling, proving burnout state. Yes. Which I love. And as a business owner, yes. Love to know how do you still maintain and run a successful business? Yes. But without the hustle. Yeah, I mean, I'm still figuring this out myself. Like it's, I'm not mastered this, but what I have found really, really works. So I work with my husband and this is like, it helps a lot having him be more in charge of the external aspects of the business. And I'm more in charge of my, like more internal, the creative, you know, aspects of the business. And then spending a lot of downtime, like a lot of time off the screen, a lot of time in the bath, a lot of time 
cooking, doing things that I love that nourish me and that nourish us Mm -hmm. and not putting the business at the top of the list every day. Because I think some of us who are entrepreneurs, it's like, especially in those first few years, it's like the business gets the priority, like above everything else, right? And so it can leak into everything in our lives and it can be like, it can put us in that stress response, especially if we're like trying to break through or trying to, you know, to move forward or whatever, like penetrate out into our market. And yet that's all masculine language that I'm using. I'm finding it's just, and again, I'm still figuring this out, but I'm still kind of like feeling around in the dark. And I have some other people that I'm working with and modeling from, but it's like, the more that we can kind of come inside of ourselves, the more that we can deepen into our heart, the more that we can deepen into our womb space, the more that we can drop down and in versus up and out, the more ease we can insert into our lives. And we can bring that frequency of ease, that receptivity, that versus like this, like trying, 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 like turn it into this and let things come versus pushing, hustling, penetrating, piercing, like um, there's some other word like slaying, you know, like slaying your goals or whatever. (laughs) Um, Coming from that language of receiving versus the penetrating out helps me a lot. Now, I think there's some places in business where it helps having that energy. So whether that is you're like doing that part-time, you're not in that energy all the time, but you can kind of switch back and forth. That works to some degree. If you can do that, great. I like the 80-20 thing of like being in this sort of yummy, like feminine, like frequency 80% of the time, like being really connected to my body, being really connected to my senses, being really connected to like my heart and my womb and letting things come letting the inspiration come, letting the money come, letting the clients come. But sometimes like it really serves me to have my husband come in and like go put the post all over the internet. Or, you know, we've even had him like doing sales calls for instance. So we have a nice flow with us of how it works in our relationship, but you can kind of switch in and out of those things. So you can see, I don't really like the term inner masculine, but if you resonate with that, it's sort of like the, um, the animus aspect, like from a Jungian lens, the animus. So it could be like your animus is the, your 80%, your inner masculine that's serving the feminine. So it's like the warrior, it's the king, it's the part of you that is taking care of shit, that is, is doing the thing, doing the actions, going out there in the world, like the building part and that's caretaking the feminine that is providing for her that is letting her feel safe so she can chill out but it's challenging to navigate between these two and these two need to be in right relationship and they need to like there needs to be a mutual service to each other versus he's beating up on her because she's not doing enough And then she feels like she needs to be more like him. She feels like she's not enough. She needs to be more manly. And then she leaves herself. She leaves her feminine frequency because she feels like she's not enough in this space. And so she needs to be more like him. And I see, we, we, I think we have this like epidemic of women doing this right now. It's like the opposite. It's like they're 80% in that hustle energy and 20%. Oh, maybe I have a little bit of extra time to get my nails done or something versus like, no, this is where I live. This is home base. And then, yes, I can kind of go out and do things, but this is home. And it really helps having a partner. It helps having, you know, people on your team. If you can, if you do that, or it just helps having help because especially as women, we're not meant to do life alone. We're really, really not. Especially if you're a mom, especially if you are, you know, it's, it's, we're not meant to do life alone. I truly believe that. I love that. I love everything you said so much because (laughs) we do need to have a little bit of the masculine energy in our business. Like we can't just be completely feminine, but it's interesting because the feminine is the magnetic 
energy yes. that draws in the money and draws in the clients. And so yes. it actually serves us in a much greater way to embody our feminine. And yes. then yes, masculine come in. And I also like love in service that. to that. Yes. Yeah. In service. Yeah. Like the masculine is serving the feminine rather than yeah. the way that we most of the time do it is we're like throwing our feminine energy, like a little manicure here and there, like you said, <laughs> like, all right, you get to have a manicure. <laughs> yeah. As a reward, right? A it's reward. like, yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. And it's like, I just feel like things could be a lot easier for us as women. I don't even like the term like boss. Like I don't even use that word for myself anymore. I like feminine business owner that works a lot, that feels a lot better in my body. But I think there's been this like massive embracing of this like boss babe archetype across the world, you know, um, across the West. And it's kind of, maybe there's some cool things about it because women are, you know, being able to make money and, and do what they want. But there's also, there's a, there's a definite, there's a real shadow side to it. And it's, it can be unsustainable because I've done that as well. And it's not, it's not fun. Just like living from that energy. 100%. And I think that the boss babe archetype, it's like, it's not, it's women, like biological women acting like men, like being in their masculine. Yeah. That's the yes. whole thing. It's like, it's not innate to women. Yeah. To the feminine. Not at all. Yeah. 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 I love this so much. Um, <laughs> this is a great conversation. So me too. It's so fun. It's so fun. Um, uh, this is one thing that I love that you posted about, so you teach that the masculine provision expands in response to feminine desire and her capacity to invite, receive, and hold her desire without collapse. Yeah. Um, what's some ways that we can increase our capacity to hold our desires? Yeah. So I want to go to like the metaphor of orgasm and like sex. Cause I think it's something that everyone can relate to. Right. So if you think about like having an orgasm, the build up to that stage, right. That build up to that orgasmic state. It's like, we are literally inviting pleasure into our bodies, allowing it to build. So we're receiving it and then we have to hold it for long enough that it can compound into this, to this like orgasmic state, right? What happens a lot of the time in orgasm, as in the same thing with our desire, receiving our desires is that we'll get short circuited. So either we won't be able to feel our desires to start. So we won't even know what we want. It's like, what does that even mean? Like, what do you want? Like, I don't know. You know, we haven't, sometimes it can be foreign for us to like name and identify what it is that we want. So that's step one. That's sort of the invite, making space by naming what it is that we want. And then we have to like make space for it in our nervous systems. We have to be able to like create safety in our bodies to let this thing in. And then trusting that if we just keep letting it in, we keep letting it in, we keep letting it in, it's going to kind of compound into this orgasmic explosion or this manifestation of our true desire. And so that can be like a metaphor for dating of like, if you're looking to call in a man and staying in that kind of like tumescent, like, I mean, you know, the word tumescent, like staying in that kind of tumescent state without freaking out that he's not calling you back immediately or being able to like sit in that, mm, that wanting, like, I just long for this but I'm not going to grasp. I'm not going to sabotage. I'm not going to act like a child. Like I'm just going to sit in that wanting and that longing and trust that as I open to that, as I let myself linger in that sensation, the masculine is going to respond to that because he wants, like we said earlier, he wants to make us happy. And so it's a somatic experience of inviting more and more and more of what it is that we want without letting our shadow take over and it's challenging it's but i would say this is like the process of feminine creation it's the process of giving birth it's the process of 
um, creating a piece of art. It's the process of calling in a lover or, you know, a husband or whatever. It's like, it's that staying in that state of longing, letting that be our North Star without collapsing and trusting. It's like holding ourselves open in that state of longing without moving into either fight, flight, or freeze. Oh my God. You are blowing <laughs> my mind. <laughs> That is such an amazing explanation. Oops. I love that. Wow. Yeah, thank you for, I, I didn't even know that was fully in there, but I think that, <laughs> I, I, it, this is, yeah, it's, it's, it's just what I've seen over and over again in so many different areas. Um, and this is, good. yeah, it's just one of those. It feels good to want. It feels good it, to want. It, it feels, feels good. yummy to like, Nope. It's like, a li there's like life. It's like, we want life. We want to, there's a life force thing about it. It's like, Ooh, it's like that feeling of like before a meal, it's like, I want this, I want to, I want this taste of whatever it is in my mouth. Yeah. <sighs> yes. And then it feels so good to want that when the want is satisfied, we want again, like we want something else because we love to want. So you're always, we love to work. Yeah. yes, That's exactly. So that is so beautiful. But but we get short circuited by our wanting when when we can't let it be enough as it is right now, mm. and it's like when you try and push the orgasm or you try and push the guy along in your dating process or you try and push your man to give you the puppy, or whatever. It's like we're we're short circuiting the our, our own pleasure of wanting by we're like contracting around it versus opening up like this beautiful flower that's just blooming into this state it's going to fully bloom open but you just got to trust it's going to bloom and it's trying to instead of trying to like make it bloom right now yeah so I think that's where women get uh, maybe that's where desire gets a bad reputation sometimes is because women are like chasing their desires and it's coming from this deeply lackful place versus like mm, it feels so good to sit in this wanting and I'm just going to let myself luxuriate in this longing and trust that you know god and my man or the men in my life or even my own inner masculine there's going to be a right timing absolutely i always think of so i'm a massage therapist and i have amazing clients but every once in a while i'll have somebody come in and they'll be like okay so here's what's wrong and here's what i'm going to need you to do and here are the techniques that i need and i'd like to yeah. have my problem resolved within 3 visits and it's like you just sucked all the joy out. Like, I would love for you to get on my table and just let me pour into you and yes. you're going to have an amazing experience. But when somebody comes in and they start micromanaging, the giver yes. starts to micromanage the giver. Yes. Oh, fun. that's so good. Micromanaging the giver. Yes. Yeah. So, and we do this with the universe and we do it with yeah. men. Yes. We express our desires, but then we say, we have a timeline, we have how we would like it done. We have yes. a whole set of criteria and it's you, that is not the way that you would like to give to some, that is not the person that you would like to give to, you know? Oh my God. So true. It's so true. A hundred percent. And, you know, I am definitely not like, I'm definitely not like perfect at this. Sometimes I'll move into that, like control or that, like, oh, I have an agenda here, but like, I just catch myself in those moments more and more and be like, oh, wow, like, just let go, like, trust that your desire is, your desire matters, yeah. your desire's been heard, and it's okay to let it go and to follow through with the ins inspiration, with the, the intuition, you know, the intuitive guidance or whatever, but it's like that call and response versus that the agenda thing. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, this is so great. Um, yes. So I would like to ask you, you, you said that saying yes to the identity of wife was mm. really important to you. And I yes. love the tagline. I think it's on your Instagram. It says trad wife with a touch of wild. I was like, that is, yes. <laughs> but how do you feel like saying yes to the identity of wife sets us free as women? Oh, I love that question. So I actually had a session with a client the other day and it was like, we were just peeling back all the layers of shoulds and all of the layers of have tos and all the layers. And this person said, and my mom said, and all this like 
blah, 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 blah. And we got to like her core essence, which was so beautiful and so like her. And it was like, I just want to be a wife. Like, and it wasn't like, I just want to be able to, I was like, I want to be a wife. Like, I want to be, I want to be a wife. And I could just like see this beautiful archetype, like emerging within her where she just claimed that for herself. And it was like, it was so beautiful to witness because it was all the other stuff, the shoulds that were sitting on top of that, that like, didn't allow her to just be this thing that she really wanted to be most of all. And it's like, I think we have this belief collectively that's like, that's not enough. It's not enough to be a wife. It's not enough to be a mother. It's not enough to be a stay at home, whatever, like mother or, you know, mom or wife or whatever. And I think we have a lot of negative associations with it that are probably, you know, somewhat founded in reality. I mean, it's hard to say because I wasn't alive in the 1950s. So I can't say how, like how it was for women at that time, but, um, there was this really funny thing that I found the other day. It was like a, it was like a comparison between like a woman now and like a woman in the 1950s and like how like, oh, she would like the woman in the 1950s was so looking forward to like being liberated and like having a robot, you know, do all her laundry and stuff. And then there was like the woman from like 2020 who was like, yeah, I'm on birth, you know, I'm on, I'm on hormones that'll let me have sex with, you know, whoever I want to, whenever I want to. And then it was a conversation between them. And then the 1950s housewife was like, that sounds kind of gross. Did you, have you seen this thing going around? Yeah. I'll I'll send it to you. Yeah. And then it was, and then it was like, oh, um, oh, do I get to, and she was like, oh, do I get to like go to, go to work? And she was like, yeah, you get to go to work. You get to sit in a cubicle all day. And, uh, you know, you don't get to see your children and your children are just taken care of by someone else. And so it was like this contrast of these worlds that yes, we have had progress as women, but we've also lost a lot of things, um, in the process. And I think women like right now, and this again, really gets me is like, women have never been more stressed out never been more burned out, never more exhausted. Like I see this with my clients because we were fed these lies of postmodern feminism that was going to like liberate us. And yet it's just making us exhausted. It's making us totally unfulfilled in our relationships. Totally. Many of us having horrible health, health issues, hormonal issues, autoimmune issues. Like relation like relationship with our work where like our work is is 24 7 it's like we're always on we can never relax and so and it's like we're always trying to prove ourselves we're always trying to be something other than we're not in order to like be valuable and it's like for me the wife is just like she's the treasure she's the prize she's the I know it's a little bit of maybe edgy to say this but like she's the you know the trophy wife like she's she's the, she's home. She's the one that like, she's the one that everyone wants to get to. Like, she's the one that, that a man wants to come home to. She doesn't have to prove herself. She doesn't have to fight the dragon. She doesn't have to slay the, whatever, the monster. She can just be home and that's enough. And like, that's so powerful when we see that, like we are enough in our essence. And yes, we may want to do work. Yes, we may want to do whatever. We want to do other things, but we don't have to leave our essence. And that for me is what wife is. It's like being at home in our essence without all of this other crap piled on top. I love that so much. And I feel like the archetype of the wife is integral to the fabric of society. No one is, 100%. there's no one at home. There's no one taking care. There's no one in that role. And yes. everyone is suffering. Men are suffering. Women are suffering and children are suffering. Yes. And society of the whole is suffering because it is a vitally important role. Vitally. It's like the hearth, right? And when you take the hearth away yeah. and it's kind of these, this unseen dimension of like what has made society civilizations culture work for ever but when you take the hearth away it's like you're right nobody's taking care of home nobody's taking care of kids who's going to make sure that the kids are being taught the right stuff like 
getting the right information about, you know, about our the world we live in. Who's going to be there to like make sure people are eating healthy? Who's going to be there to like, you know, all of these things are so foundational and like it's like this this role has been so beaten down. It's been so um I, and I think it's because we everything that we see, and this is partially, partially, I think, a patriarchal thing. Is like we see things of value that are external, that are like, oh, I'm out there. Look at me. I have the accolades. Look at me. I have the degree. Look at me. I have the. I climbed the ladder of my corporate whatever success. And so it's very accomplishment, ego driven, versus love driven, and like that's what matters. I think that's a, I think that's a, you know, it's just a byproduct of capitalism too, like capitalism on steroids. I have no problem with capitalism, but it's like when it goes, when that's all that it's about, all life is about is just working all the time. And it's like proving our value in that way versus just being inherently valuable. Yeah, absolutely. This is the perfect segue into my next question, which is, that we hear these phrases like just a homemaker or kept woman yeah. or trophy wife, like you said, which yeah. I actually love the archetype yeah. of the trophy wife. I aspire to be a trophy wife. <laughs> I love it. Okay, cool. Or Might even trigger some people, but yeah. <laughs> or even even things like gold digger or sugar baby, or just there's yes. some negative connotations for a woman who's provided for by a man. Why yes. do you think that, yes. that is? Really good question. Um I think of a lot of it is, is the reasons that we've been talking about so far is just like, it's, it's not enough to just be enough. You have to prove that you're enough by what you do. Your value is defined externally. And so if you're provided for, that means you're not doing anything. You're just being, let's say. Although you're probably doing things, you're just not proving your worth so much. You're just receiving because you're inherently worthy. And I think that's very uncomfortable for people because there's a being, it's like a being comfortable, being enough, feeling enough in your beingness, feeling enough in your non-doing state, feeling enough in your essence and letting that be enough and letting it be everything. And then so much comes out of your essence. Of course we wanna do, and it's a very dynamic essence, but it's sourced from a deeply, it's, 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 it's sourced from a much deeper place from within us. And so I think that's where a lot of the negati- negative connotations come from is like, who are you to just sit around and be a, be a trophy wife? Who are you to just sit around and be a gold digger and let your sugar daddy take care of you? You know, it's like, there's so many judgments and probably some jealousy too, right? There's probably some like, man, I would love to be resting. I would love to be laying around on my, in my lingerie and my chaise long and just, you know, my bath or whatever. And just <laughs> letting my husband like, you know, like with my face mask and like my husband, like, do the heavy lifting, like part of me wants that, but I haven't let myself have that because it's too scary or it's not societally acceptable or it's just like, who am I to want that? So I think there's, I think there's those reasons. And I think there probably is some legitimacy to like a fear of being, and again, this is a very nuanced conversation we're having obviously Sarah, because it's like, there's multiple, dimensions to this um and I want to tread carefully here but like I think there is some truth to like maybe in the past women didn't have opportunities just presented to us like we weren't able to own a credit card I think until like the 1950s or we weren't able to vote until like I don't know like the 19 early, you know, early 20th century. And like, I think probably a lot of women did feel like my mother's generation did feel very limited in like what was available to them because of their sex. And so 
they felt like they needed to do the other thing that the man was doing. And I think that, and, and, or maybe I think a lot of the time also women had the experience. I know this because a lot of my clients come to me from this space, but it's like, I had the experience of like, I was being supported by my man and then something happened. And I, and then I was left to fend for myself and I, and then I never want to have to experience that again. So I'm going to be super self-sufficient. I'm going to be really make sure that I'm taken care of. I take care of everything and I take care of, you know, I'm, I'm not going to let anyone enslave me in that way. So there can be this like wife, like wife in the shadow, the, the shadow aspect of wife could be like slave. I'm not free. I'm a domestic servant. I'm like, I'm not being valued. I'm being just like, oh, I'm just like a, an indentured like house, you know, like, I think there's some truth to that too. It's not just like, oh yeah, like trophy wife is amazing. Like we're, we're dealing with like really like deep nuances here. And like, you know, but I think we had to almost have like women's liberation come along and be like, oh, we're just going to like bust all these things open. And then for women to have the choice of like, oh, okay, now I've tried all these other things. I've tried the hustle. I've tried the proving. I've tried the striving. And now, okay, maybe I don't like that. Maybe I actually want to return from my own sovereignty, from my own sovereign choice to like this other thing. But it's not, I'm doing it because I'm a slave or I'm in domestic, like whatever, like hired help or, you know, like, uh, what is it? Like they say, like, I think this is probably an exaggeration, but it's like, yeah, the stay at home, mother the stay-at-home wife is like the like the she works 24 7 and she never gets paid or something there's some sort of like statistic yeah. People, yeah statistic about that but it's like so you could have that perspective and there's probably some truth in that so you know I don't have all the answers I think there are people who feel that way and they're like oh okay I want to be more in this and then at a certain point wait wait but I can maybe have this other thing but without all of that negative baggage exactly. so I know that I just kind of went in a lot of directions but hopefully, hopefully that like landed I love it and I think you said it when you said choice because the yeah. fact that we didn't have it the feminist movement in the 1950s 60s that was very important because we do need to be able to have a credit card and vote and yeah. have the same rights basic human rights absolutely but it has gotten to a point where we don't, we still don't have a choice almost like we're not, it's not really an, it is an option to choose a more traditional um, role in your relationship, but it's kind of stigmatized. It's frowned upon. It's not, you aren't held up in society as equally valuable. Yes. When you do make that choice. So we went from not having a choice to also kind of not having a choice. So how liberating was it? I mean, yes, yes. Basics of right. it was so important, but the, but what it's become is not only are you allowed to work like a man, act like a man, basically take on the masculine role, you're kind of required to. Yes, yes, exactly, exactly. I think you said that so well. I mean, the, the, the women's, I think the intention of the women's liberation movement and feminism was to give women that choice, but it's like, we actually, the, the thing is we've always had a choice and like, we never needed, we never needed the government or whoever is politically in charge to like give women a choice. Like we have always had our capacity to like think and feel and make decisions about things. And I never wanna like, you know, I never really wanna just like, I think I'm very careful to like connect the, the, a woman's choice to like what the government is doing or not doing, you know, because it's, or like what, like what the, so there is, yes, there is a benefit in that for sure. But it also, it's also kind of like missing the whole point is that we've always been sovereign. We've always had, we've oh, always yeah. been connected to like choice and like we can make choices every day, regardless of whether you're, you're a stay-at-home mom or wife or a boss babe, or like you're, you've always had choices. Yeah. 
your your connection to your sovereignty is god-given it's not anything that has to do with government um or even whether you have a credit card you know so it's yeah it's it's a nuanced thing for sure i absolutely love that and that is a huge, I mean, that could be a whole other conversation of just getting back to our sovereignty and realizing that we've had it all along. And yeah. um, even just our belief that we have to ask permission from the government to make sovereign choices is a problem. But that's a, yeah. a whole other can of worms. So we could yeah, that's a whole other can of worms. But I want to say too, is that like women especially, and women have a hard time believing this, but we've always had the choice in terms of like who like we've always been the like the deciders, right? Unless you're in arranged marriage, and I know that's that's a real thing or that has been a real thing. But like, if you're being courted, you have suitors, right? That you get to choose from. You are not like it doesn't work the other way around, where it's like there's one guy, and then there's a bunch of women courting him, trying to get that guy. Like that doesn't make sense. It's the other. It's like we have choice. We are the chosen ones, and we get to discern who it is that we want to be with. We actually have a lot of power. We always have as women it's a huge in that particular area. Yeah. 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 That's so true that we have always had power and, um, it's, it's interesting that when you put it this way, and this is absolutely the truth that we've always had a massive amount of power, but we've, we have been kind of conditioned to believe that we don't. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. A hundred percent. I could talk to you all day. <laughs> I know we do. It's so fun. Yeah. Um, so let's, how can people find you and work with you? Let's wrap up with that. Yeah, of course. Um, so I currently have two programs that are kind of ongoing perennial programs. So one is for women who are in a long-term relationship, a long-term partnership or a marriage, and they it's called the Majestic Muse. And so much of my work is in service to the masculine, like the rise of the masculine and like what we can do as women to embody more of who we are as in our feminine essence and naturally inspire men to step up, naturally inspire them to be more chivalrous naturally inspire them to take a more active role in their lives and to step into that protector, that provider, that leader role that we so desire. Like, And so we actually, as women, we have this capacity of the muse to do that. But it's a very, again, it's that soft power versus the, the, the nagging power, the you got to do this and I want you to do this and the boss, you know, bossing him around. It's like, that doesn't work. Mm -hmm. So this program is all about what to do instead. So that is an ongoing monthly thing. Um, it's, yeah, um, you can find it basically on my Facebook, my Facebook group. And then the other one is, um, yeah, it's called the King's Road and it is a three month journey to go from single to courted to claimed. So to take that journey of like, wherever you are right now, if you I've been single for a while, or let's say you just got a relationship or you are whatever, like you're in the space of your desiring to call on your king. It takes you through step-by-step step, the inner and the outer steps of that journey to really find your beloved within three to six months. So that is, both of these programs are open and um, yeah. Amazing. Yes. So much. Everyone go follow Claudia. She's incredible. <laughs> You're going to love it. Oh. <laughs> um, thank you so much for being here. This has been a, a wonderful conversation. And hopefully thank you so much, Sarah. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. It's been such, so much fun. Have a great day and I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. Bye.